What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, dude? Reno's, and we'll go back to Rank 'em All right here on the Rank 'em All dot rocks, the podcast where a couple dudes, dudettes, sit down and we talk about some of our favorite band or bands or artists, and we go down their entire discography. We rank all the songs that give us the album ranks. We literally rank them all. We are still working on Van Halen this week. We are going. We are diving down. This is Diver Down. This is the. Um, we are. We we now have uh, after this album one more album. For the for the David Lee Roth era of of Van Halen before he has a little coda at the end. But joining me here today with a very crisp sounding Wi Fi signal is Joe Grimes. How you doing, bud? Hey, uh, revitalized. <laughs> not, yeah. not cutting out the thing. <laughs> no, that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. By the way, I, there I was. I was into the show last week. We were yeah. sitting here. We were like, you know what? I'm gonna toss it over to him. Say thank you. And then I'm of course I'm I'm over here on my screen. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the screen. And I'm yeah. like getting stuff ready to end the show, and then there's just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I look over, and you're frozen, and you're just deadpanned like, okay, I guess it wasn't your pleasure to be here this week. Oh, the timing on that was perfect. Oh, it absolutely was. And also here uh, with us today is the one and only podfather, Nate Phillips. How you doing, bud? My dudes. Um, I'm stoked to talk about Diver Down today. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air and jamming it together a little bit to refresh our ears. And uh, it had been about a month since I had ranked this one. So to kind of go back and just make sure that what I wrote here actually made sense in my brain, because I actually have notes. There's not a lot. Sometimes it's just one word, but it's more effort than some of the earlier albums. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> you know? So to start this episode off, to start this episode off, what we, what, uh, Last time that we got together, we we thought we were going to be able to tack this episode on to the like to the, like a big recording session. We're going to do fair warning, and then we're going to do diver down. Well, that didn't happen, but I definitely wanted to try and remember to bring this up because that way it would just be wouldn't be something hanging on a limb. The song "Unchanged" from Fair Warning was covered by Stone Sour. Yes, and it was on Ooh. the it is on the deluxe version of Hydrograd, and it is awesome. It is really good. It is, uh, it is really awesome. And uh, there, there was a bit of a change to the whole kind of like Dave hoo ha talking bit. So, it oh be, yeah, uh, it would be awesome if I could find exactly what they what what, what they changed it with because it, it the uh, the Stone Sour version is just a little bit weird. It says, "Whoo man, this song is hard work." I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the hell. I don't. I I don't how. Let me tell you something. Yeah, rock stars don't wear watches. That's a good point. Come on, man, give me a break. You're wearing a watch. Don't be a dick, dude. That's messed up. Well, I'm a legend. One legend coming up. What does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. I was totally lost with that. Yeah. And you had told me about it before I listened to the song, and I was still like, okay, like, like, what the hell? I. I don't, I don't I'm not really too sure where Corey's going with this one. Is, is, is Corey having a conversation with his 
other self that he that like is a separate character for Slipknot? Are, are they is this guy like is this the conversations that they have with themselves? Because if that's the case, ranking Slipknot's going to be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I the very first time I, I heard that, I'm like, what is he saying? It took a while, and I looked it up, and it, it literally doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. So comparatively, the Van Halen one, David Lee Roth makes more sense in his version, right? <laughs> than Corey Taylor does in his. So, but yeah. but their version was absolutely killer, and I believe the other cover was uh, Great White, right? Was that the way, was that the other one? I actually didn't listen to that one, but I, it, I, it was I, just I, interesting yeah. because. Uh, when I brought the song up on Google, it did say other versions, and I'm like, is that is that accurate? But it definitely was. So I wanted to clue you guys in on that. Maybe we'll cover that if we ever rank Stone Sour. That'd be really neat. I would love to do that one as well. But we are not doing that here today. Today we are covering the one and only Diver Down album, which is one of... Eddie Van Halen's least favorite records. Did you guys know that? Okay. Really? Yeah. And the reason is, is that this was really not supposed to be an album. Really? Yeah. So what they were doing, guys, we mentioned this before about how quickly they were releasing albums and getting back on the road. And they did that for like, was it four? Was it four albums? Like, you know, uh, Van Halen 1, 2, Women and Children First, Fair Warning. Now we're coming into Diver Down. Diver Down w- w- was released in uh, April of 82. And it was recorded from, from November of 81 to March of 82. And from what I understand, it was really supposed to be just a kind of a quick throw a song out for the radio. Give them Give them a break. They were going to take a break from the road and a break from recording because they were burned out. And uh, it kind of like ends up being a full album, which is why there's more covers and more intros (laughs) because they just didn't have enough, man. They were burned out. And you can unfortunately kind of tell. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this is a fully bad album. And from what I can remember... Um, it was originally supposed to be um, Dave wanted to do Dancing in the Street but Eddie um, he likes to riff and that and he didn't feel like he could really riff on that song so mm-hmm. that that's when he, he proposed to do Pretty Woman so that way he could really just play some cool riffs well they ended up doing both on this record uh, and then of course they, they ended up doing uh some cool synthesizer stuff, which would also be a continuation of what we heard from on fair warning. And then, um, of course, further on into their career, what we did not get was that odd outro from fair warning was originally supposed to be the second part of that was supposed to be at the beginning of the next album. And I feel like because this was not really supposed to be the next album, we didn't get that. Like it, this album just kind of came together. But, uh, as I already said, there's a lot of covers on this album, and, and we'll definitely uh, note that where uh, where are you know where they are. All tracks are written by Eddie, uh, Alex, Anthony, or Michael Anthony, and David Lee Roth, except where noted. And this album did, in fact, have a couple singles. How much do you want to bet 
that all the singles are covers. Uh, There's three covers. And there are three singles. Uh, there, there no, are th- there were only two singles, right? There were three singles, and two of them were covers. The last one was not a cover. Oh, huh. So, you know, uh, the overall reception of this one uh, seems to be kind of mixed. So it's going to be interesting to see where we land here amongst our ratings. Mm-hmm. But are you ready to dive into this one? Diver down into this one. I see what you yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so the first song is a cover. <laughs> and it is Where Have All the Good Times Gone? Written by Ray Davies. I did not know that. So there's actually four covers on here. Mm-hmm. So I've heard this huh. I've heard the original version of this song before. Uh I don't dislike their version, but it doesn't really hit you know, we, we talked about on this little series before, starting the album with like kind of a kicker, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, or at least set the tone. And I, I don't feel that from this. Despite kind of liking it, I don't love it. How about you, Nate? Uh, where have all the good times gone is not, in my opinion, like we talk about a lot. If you go back to the Metallica, rank them all. <laughs> one thing we consistently talk about is the quality of the first track, mm-hmm. the drawing you into the listening experience, the getting the listener hooked on the concept that this is, you know what it is. This is the best way to say it. I got to make a little adjustment here. So. When you have a first impression, right? Yeah. That's in life. I walk up to meet somebody. I'm an asshole. They're always going to think I'm an asshole. But in music, it's a little bit different because as a band, every album, your fans are meeting you for the first time and what version of yourself you have become, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think bands don't consider long-term because I think there's a lot of shit that could have been the intro to this album that would have been way cooler. Uh, I specifically think the cathedral and the secrets could have been a cool way to start this album that would have totally shifted the vibe and energy of the album. But of course we aren't Van Halen. Mm -hmm. So for me, the song was jamming. Like it has some, you know, jamming parts that were fun, but literally that's the only word I physically wrote jamming. So it's, it's, it's jamming, I guess. Right on. How about you, Joe? Uh, it's just, yeah. It was, for me, it was one. It was an average start. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. Uh, it just didn't feel like there was much substance to the song. You know what I mean? You're right. Um, the the only thing they had was that main guitar. Da 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 da. You know, like, and then the chorus. The word that's that's all I can really remember from it. There's nothing. It's, it doesn't like just really just grab you and, and, and make you want to listen. And like, you know, Nate was saying, like, you know, starting with a couple different tracks, uh, you know, one of these long intros that we've come to see in most of these albums and going into another song, um, it doesn't kind of want to grab you and make you want to flip to the next track, you know, it makes you want to skip it almost, but not like listen through it and then like expect greatness from the second track. There's multiple times so far with this band, and we talked about it before, where the song seems like it's going somewhere, but by the time you're like, by the time you're into it, potentially into it, it's over. 
Yeah. And I kind of feel like this song is the same way. By the time you're actually clipped into the riff and you're into the jive and everything, I do think it's a groovy little cover, but I don't think it's one is their best cover. And I don't even think it's their best cover on this album. So no. uh, uh-huh. I gave this one a six. How about you, Joe? 5.5. 5.5 and Nate. 6.75. 6.75. So so the next one is called Hang 'em High. And what's really interesting about this is that on Wikipedia we we actually have some little snippets of clips of what some of what Dave and Eddie have to say uh with an interview. And for Hang 'em High um Dave says I'm going to try my best to talk like Dave and just, but I'm not going to, it's like, it's like those <laughs> Westerns where they have some kind of dissonant sound in the background. Like they have some harmonica and hits one note. Ee, and that's when you know the hero's coming to town or something terrible's going to happen. And, and what happens is Edward will, Edward will come around with a, come, come, come up with a song or a riff and immediately hear it. And I'll know right, right away what the scenario is. Eddie says, the solo is just loose, man. A fun craziness. I play it better every night than I did on, did on the record, but who cares? That has feeling. Actually, that was a really old song. So uh, the other song could have been around for a little bit. Uh, I liked it better than the opening track, but not by too much. It's, it's, I feel like it has some energetic uh, vocals. Uh, in fact, I wrote ener- high energy but uninspired vocals. So it's got energy to it, but it's just like, like where are we going? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but we'll start with Joe this time. Oh, um, I, I'm not too much. I mean, I think it's a good song, uh, but also for me, it, it felt kind of forgettable. It just sound, it for me, it sounded like your run-of-the-mill average Van Halen. Um, That's kind of what I thought, too. Stand, right, yeah, it didn't stand out um, from anything else that we had heard, which, I mean, I'm not expecting a lot of them to be different than what they do. Sure. You know, when we get into this, it's, well, I mean, it's kind of like what you and I said when uh, a- uh, ACDC came out their new album. It's ACDC doing what ACDC does. Right. And it's kind of like what you needed at the time. And I think that's what this song is. It's Van Halen sticking to what Van Halen does. What I um, what and- I will add to what you said there is that there are definitely tracks on here that feel like it's Van Halen doing what Van Halen does. But in mm-hmm. comparison to not the last album so much, but even like uh, Women and Children of Van Halen too, those little songs that are in between that, like these B sides or like these extra, like not extra songs because they're all on the album, but like just the unknown songs. Some of them just have a really big like, I'm not digging this at all, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't have that on any of the songs here. I do feel like they have really come into their own sound and they've developed how they write songs. And, and we talked about that on Fair Warning, that they're really finally settling into who they are as artists and getting comfortable with one another, which is very ironic because then that would all culminate with a huge album and then it would kind of like, that would take a new form after that. Uh, but that, but that's to come. But I kind of feel the same way. Like there's a couple songs on here that definitely do grab that Van Halen vibe, but... N- it's generally just them. It's not like them to the next level. Like you get with like, like we talked about it with unchained on the last album. It was like, man, once you heard it, it was like, this is it. They, they chat, they captured the riff, the vibe, everything in this one song that made this song special. 
And I don't get that from man. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if I get that on any of the songs on this album. To be debatable, that's my opinion. I'm not sure about what you got to say about later songs, but do you have anything else to add for Hang 'em High? No, I'm actually yeah, right there with you. Nothing really kind of screamed at me. There are some I really like, but nothing yeah. just made me scream like, "Oh my god, I love this song." You know, right. like as far as like that bit, like like those big heavy hitters. You know, you're you're running with the devils or or like unchanged yeah. from the last one that was like, man, this just hits and slaps. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a slapper, but Nate, are you gonna slap this one? Man, well, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not slapping this one. I, not that I hate the song. I like the song quite a bit, actually. Uh, here, here are my brief notes. I thought that the, tri- the trippy intro with Dave was uh, really unique, um, as was the chorus. The chorus is really unique. Um, and then I did enjoy that. It was like a fun solo. Fun mm-hmm. is the word I would use. Fun. Um, as far as you know, lack of depth on this album, or a heavy hitter, or a banger song that um, that you know latches on to the masses. No, they did what they were doing and had been doing the whole time, relying on their cover work. The two of the bigger singles on this are two of the biggest Van Halen songs fucking ever because of them using it right here when they didn't have their best work and they didn't have a single to roll out that was going to sell them. They, I'm just going to just spoiler ahead here. Pretty woman and dancing in the street comes out in the, in, in the times they do and pop the band more and keep them relevant as mm-hmm. they're building towards that next step. So is it their best work? No, but I do like Hang 'em High. I think it's a fun tune. I gave it a 7.25. What about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't hate it. it. I thought it was all around good song. Um, I went with the 6.5. 6. 6.5 from Joe and for me as well. I gave you the exact same rank for that one. Now, one thing we have to talk about for Diver Down, fellas. There are a couple different intro tracks. Now, we've had this before. We've had this before uh, on, on on previous albums. Sunday Afternoon in the Park on the last one was like that weird little like s- cyberpunky uh synthwave like completely di- the title doesn't match the song at all. We talked about that. But I mean, yeah. we we had it a, a couple different times before. But in this one it really seems like they are space fillers. Uh, yeah. Or trying to set the mood. And it's going to be difficult to rank some of these because they're just their intros. So please, for everybody, bear in mind that, you know, it, it, you don't have to agree with our ranks on these. If you really like any of these, rank them however you want. For me, it was difficult to really establish a high rank. Uh, and now it says my internet is unstable. Hopefully we remain stable. There we go. We're back. We're cool. We're uh-huh. groovy. No, 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 like nobody freezing. No, you froze on my <laughs> end, but no one noticed because you're uh, the captain of the ship. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully it remains that way. So, the next track is an intro, Cathedral. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, it's, uh, it's got some really interesting sounds to it. Um, but that's, that's it for Cathedral on mine. I don't know. Do you guys have anything written down for it? I have... Some notes. Go for it, Nate. I thought this was utterly wild. 
Dave stepping into, I'm going to use a really interesting phrase that I thought of when I was first wa- uh, listening to this. He's creating new modern classical. Mm-hmm. This has got a Moog kind of synth sound. It's real, like it's de- I'm, it's definitely a guitar, but it definitely has like effects that are being used that give it a Moog synthesizer feel, and it sets a pretty pretty solid tone and bass, a great foundation for secrets. That's why when we were at the first of this album and where have all the good times gone? I honestly think Cathedral Secrets should have opened this album and you should have bumped everything else down. And it would have maybe drawn people in a little bit more. And we would talk about Secrets as this banging hit because it was a it just comes out right after this solid mysterious intro. Mm-hmm. But it's also very, very skillful. I love it. I loved it. I really I really did enjoy Cathedral. Cool. You got anything, Joe? Uh, not much. I mean, I wrote down, it's just like, just like anything, like you were saying, it's another, another intro. It's another filler. Um, you know, I felt like maybe the record label was like, Hey, you know, like, you know, you guys got a lot of good songs, but we need more to it. And like, Oh, okay. Let's throw another minute and a half long intro, whatever, just to, just to fill the spaces. It kind of does feel like they're filling spaces, doesn't it? Like with these really all that feels like, yeah, because although it's, it's good. I mean, I like it, but it's like, okay, enough. Like we've got like several albums full of these. I kind of feel like they were trying to inch closer to that 30 minute mark, uh, to make it worthwhile (laughs) to be an actual album instead of an EP. (laughs) People are going to think we're a fucking puck band, man. Got 24 minute album, eight songs. (laughs) Nice Dave. I like that. Um, about cathedral. Eddie said, I've been doing Cathedral for more than a year and wanted to put it on a record. Sounds like a Catholic church organ, which is how it's got its name. On that cut, I use the volume knob a lot. If you if you turn it up and down too fast, it heats up and freezes. Uh, I did two takes on that song. Right at the very end of the second take, the volume knob just froze. Just stopped. So that's what he's got to say about Cathedral. I gave Cathedral a 6.75. How about you, Nate? 7.75. I almost made you give it a 70.75. Like, Woo, that'll skew the rank. It will. How about you, Joe? I'm actually uh, I write it seven. Seven. All right. So, as Nate said, coming into the next song, Secrets, uh, Dave says, the nucleus of the lyrics came from greeting cards and get well cards that I bought in Albuquerque, New Mexico on the last tour. They were <laughs> written in the style of American Indian poetry. May your moccasins leave happy tracks on in the summer snows. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Awesome. Uh, he, he, Baby moccasins leave happy tracks on the summer snow. Summer snow, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this is like we were like you know describing Dave's uh, uh, you know candor and, and the way that he talks. And now we're just mimicking it and like just saying <laughs> if we have sound bites for everything, we're just trying to make it sound exactly how he talks. <laughs> Eddie says, I used a Gibson double-neck 12-string uh, double model, uh, the same that Jimmy Page uses, and played with a flat pick. The solo in Secrets is a fir- was a first take. I kind of laid back, and it fit the song. So Secrets was a single, right? It was the third single released in September of, of, of 82. Now, when it was released, was it released with Cathedral as an intro tag, or was it just Secrets separate? It is actually not selectable, so I cannot... Uh, 
click to see what was actually on it without doing a lot more research in the middle of the episode. But no if you worries, have, no worries. If you have notes, I can look it up. But I do have a little bit of notage, okay. girl. So a couple things stick out right away. The first thought, as soon as the official secrets kicks in, ah, there's that 80s sound. The the very, very quintessential what we remember the 80s sounding like. Mm -hmm. That guitar, whatever that guitar is that you know I'm talking about, it's there. It's here. It's this song specifically. Um, guitar layering in the solo is pretty cool. I dig that a lot. Um, but my second set of notes in Secrets is that I really thought the song is grooving. It really is a cool tune. And Dave is more tame, which makes it so much better. Dave lays back, and it makes it better. Less mm -hmm. is more, you fuck. Yeah, man. I probably shouldn't have sung so many. <laughs> right. <laughs> Less is better, you fuck. I like that. <laughs> that should be a rank em all t-shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll Less. make it. I'll make that. Um, what I did find before we hit to Joe, the the single uh, record uh, for Secrets was only an A and B side, one song each. And side A is Secrets, and side B is Big Bad Bill. Oh! So, I, part of me, be, you know, because maybe, I, uh, you know, we, we were born, we were all born in the 80s. So, like, we were born right as the whole... Uh, vinyl single era, era was kind of coming to an end and we started going into CDs I do assume that the whole point of releasing singles like this is to send them to the radio stations to let them play it instead of having to put the whole record on they could easily just grab a you know 7 inch or whatever and throw that on there and you only got one song. Hey, this is the song Secrets from Van Halen's Diver Down. And it's like, it's that song. You don't have to worry about going into something else or anything like that. And I, I do wonder, like, if they put something on the other side, was it just for shits and giggles? Or was it because maybe one day they'll actually, and hey, here's a random one for them. This is the other side of the single. This is a Big Bad Bill. And people are like, what is this? <laughs> but That would be amazing. I'll, I, will, I will, when we get to Big Bad Bill, give you my, like, if I was in the car and that shit happened. <laughs> How I would have reacted. It'll be great. No, I liked Secrets. Um, let's see. I got to get back to my rank. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I I like. I definitely agree uh, with what Nate has said so far about laying back. Less is more. <laughs> less is more. You Joe, do, do you agree with Nate's assessment? <laughs> I, I liked it. Uh, I liked the beginning of it. It's a, it's a little bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't like, you know, feel like there was a really a lot to the song, but also I felt like it didn't need to have a lot to the song. It, it, it is like exactly what he said. Less is more like, like sometimes like I'll find this kind of boring, but like, uh, yeah, I just, it, 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 there's not much to it, but it didn't need it. It was just like, Oh, okay. That's just a nice, even keel kind of song. I, I liked it. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you give it for a rank there, Joe? I kind of went. I kind of went back from Cathedral a little bit. I gave it a six. Six. What about you, Nate? Well, I set the stage. I told you that, in my opinion, Cathedral sets the solid, solid foundation for what Secrets becomes, and I think it would make no sense if the foundation existed only for it, the actual building to be under it. So, 
for me, I bumped it up just a little bit more. I gave the track an eight. It's just a point two five more than I thought Cathedral. But as a tandem together, you could realistically average that shit as like a seven point five if you just give it like one song. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They were just fucking one song. Just make it one song, man. <laughs> make it one song, man. Uh, I gave That's song- Dave's argument. That was <laughs> Dave's argument. He's like, God damn it, Eddie. Just make it one song, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a song a seven. I liked it. It, it. You know, it's definitely all right. It's not my favorite track, though. Uh, the next song, Intruder, is another intro track uh, going into Pretty Woman. <clears throat> and this one... I feel like on its own, it doesn't do much for me. They could have actually made a really weird sounding song if they just did this and made it its own thing. Yeah. Because it, it, it almost has a different tone about it than Pretty Woman. Like it has all, this one has a more of a kind of a suspenseful, deeper, like, wow, where, where are we going with this? And you're like, yeah. all right. And then it goes into a more lighter sound when we get into Pretty Woman. Yeah. So well, my, my thing, my, my biggest problem I have with it, you, you have this, this, you have Alex doing the Dutch, Dutch, Dutch the whole time, just the intro. And it almost gives you that feel when you go into Pretty Woman, like they're going to go into the main riff. Dun, 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 dun. But then they still, they go that subtle intro bow, to Pretty bow, Woman. Bow, bow, yeah. Bow, yeah. It, like, yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, why, why bother doing that? The intro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it did bug the crap on me. It's like, Ah, uh, it it doesn't fit right to me. I just mm-hmm. I didn't like it. What about you, Nate? It's like wasting an hour and a, or hour and a half, well, a minute, an hour and a half of intruder intro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was really groovy. It has a groove to it. It's creepy. It's ominous. Uh, the fun. It's a fun sound and synergy is all I wrote. Fun sounds and synergy because I think that does uh, again. A nice way to set up for something that could have been cooler. Uh, however, this is not the same as Cathedral, where the foundation is going to set the house up nicely. Mm. This foundation is built in a tub of lies because Intruder has a nice setup, and we'll go from there. But I gave Intruder a 7.25. 7.25. Mm. What about you, Joe? Man, I'm on the opposite scale there, man. I I gave it a two. Uh, two. I gave it a five. Yeah, uh, it's not my favorite uh, intro man, track on the record. <laughs> the next song though, "Oh Pretty Woman," is a cover, and it was written by uh, William Dees and Roy Orbison. And man, can it? Is this their best cover? I like it. Like, you don't, uh, uh, do you think, uh, all right, all right, Nate, what is their best cover? Or, or is their best cover to come? Like, have they already played their best cover? In my opinion, they have already played their best cover, and it is early, early in their discography. Going back through my, my notes here now, yeah, of them all, of all their covers they've done, um, I'm pretty sure... That, yeah, Ice Cream Man 
is the best cover they have ever done. <laughs> just okay. based on ranking. It almost got an eight. I'm just being I'm, – I'm, okay. I'm looking at the data. I'm not trying to be like a smartass. I'm looking at my data, what I liked about what they do. Uh, you look at um, on the first album, you really got me as fun. It's catchy, not their best. You look at um, – I don't even remember what the second album's cover was. You're no there good. Was a- you're no good. Oh, and then I thought that was fucking terrible. It was not good. It was the worst thing <laughs> to start that Yeah. yeah. Um, could This Be Magic was the cover off of Women and Children First. Is that right? I believe so. And, and, and it was decent. Okay, so seven there. And then I don't – was so this is love. No, that wasn't a cover. I don't think they had a cover know. on the second. I don't think they did on, on, on Fair Warning. Warning. No. Um, so the highest average song rank for a cover that I can just see based off of what I have in front of me is You Really Got Me. And that's 7.75. Okay. Um, I do love Ice Cream Man. I gave that one a higher rank. I gave that one the, the, the highest rank out of all of us. Uh, but to be fair, as far as songs that, that, that really are in the... Uh, public view you really got me and pretty woman are probably the two that mm-hmm. people think of when they think of van halen yeah yeah um i think this is a killer cover i i like this song originally anyway it, it, i really like yeah. the whole little like guitar walk dun 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 it's it's very basic but it's very catchy you know it it it's funny because that same little lick uh, almost has like a, uh, you can almost reverse it and it, it sounds like one of the cop shows. I can't remember which one it is. Is it like, like, dum 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 Oh, you like the Peter, the Peter Gunn theme. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just hanging out here, man. Zippity bop, boom, a doo flop. That could be another shirt, too. And and the Van Halen, like, they're like, zippity bop, a doo flop. It's got, like, one wing here and the other wing here because it's such a big lot. No, I dig Pretty Woman. What about you, Joe? I really like it. Um, I, I didn't like it as much as, like, you know, you really got me. Like, it's just that I, I really love I like that riff anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, they didn't they didn't overdo anything. They didn't mm-hmm. undersell it. They, oversell it. They, they did it how they should have. You know, it's like it was perfectly done. Uh, like you, I, I like this, this song since I was a kid. And it is one of those things. When you think of a Van Halen cover, you, you might have likely, you know, my head goes to those two and definitely not, you know, the next song up, but, uh, no, I liked it, man. Uh, I, not as much. Man. I really like the guitar tone that Eddie has here. Like he really yes. gets some good tone and he, he stands out and I really think the vocals here. Yeah. You know, uh, less is more, but he still, fuck. <laughs> but he still gets to he still gets to be like over the top because the song itself is kind of over the top. Mercy, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty yeah. woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way that, that the overall song is actually like you know, you know, written. It allows him to be a little bit more uh, you know showboaty, and 
yeah. I think that works to it. Like he he fits more more so to the point of does does the song fit Dave? I feel like Dave fits the song. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Nate? First question: Are they playing the Enchantment under the Sea dance? That was the first thought. Was like this is in my head. Eddie living out some sort of a weird fucking fantasy of like wanting to jam this at his high school prom. They never fucking got to, and the girl got away, and now he's fucking rich and famous. And he's like, "Watch this, bitch! I'm gonna hey, play that you song to you." Take your damn hands off her. Yeah, <laughs> get your damn hands off her. Exactly. And Eddie never got that moment, so you know he was like really upset about it or whatever. And he's like, "We're doing Pretty Woman," and and sure, it sounds nice and it is pleasant to listen to, as is the original okay mm-hmm. yeah but this is again the tale of fucking two van halens the over flourishing too much from dave ah! you know and all that shit like it's just it's, there's too many there's too many times where i hear that and i'm like bro if you would just tone down a fucking step you would be one of the greatest lead singers of all time and i mean that with my heart man i think he has the the capacity and the vocal talent to do it but mm-hmm. I think he was directed, and maybe it was a sign of the times and whatever, to do right. this really over-the-top thing. And it doesn't jive with me as we get further, especially as he's evolved and matured. Right. Because he's not a he's not a 17-year-old kid writing that first album anymore or anything. He's a fucking man right now. You yeah. Know? And they've toured and been around the world. So, you know, Listen. I get you're still having your style, but, you know. Listen to his interviews, man. I, I saw it, it was an interview. It was from MTV. It was from the after party of the MTV Awards in 85 or 86. I don't remember which. But Dave was there doing an interview. And he was physically there talking into the microphone. But he was also over here somewhere. <laughs> And then also at the after party was Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. <laughs> what? They were also there. And Alex Van Halen said, this is the real Van Halen. That other version was just kind of a tester run. Oh. 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 Damn. I got to find that and send that to you guys because there's a bunch of other, like, in-between stuff with a bunch of other uh, acts talking and what they what they liked about the show and whatnot. But the yeah. Van Halen stuff stuck out to me. It's like, Dave, hey, man, go, go, hey, you, hey, all the underdog, everybody won, and it was everybody having a good time. It's like, it was, <laughs> he has an aura and sense about, like, part of that, as you said, Nate, he does turn it up, and he, play, he does the, and who's, and, and some other part of that is it's exactly who he is and you know, like it or not. Right. Uh, it's, you know, I said uh, a few episodes ago that part of how he talks and carries himself kind of reminds me of one of our friends, Richard, who is no longer with us. Yeah. Every time I see Dave talking, I think of Richard because they had a very si- They were so different. They're, they're not the same in any sense, but they have the very cadence. same cadence and randomness. However, yeah. Dave, Loud. <laughs> Dave, while he is random and he's when he's having fun like that and drinking or doing a re- interview, if you listen to him with like Joe Rogan, he's random but on a with a point with oh, a yeah. point in front of him. He he just has a different way of thinking. Pretty Woman. 
I gave it a 7.75. What about you, Nate? Take one off. I gave it a 6.75. Like I said, it sounds nice and everything, but again, I'm sticking with my opinion of the Tale of Two Van Halens, and this is the part of the band I don't love. They're so attached to these covers. I- I've said my piece. Joe? Uh, I-, I got 7.5. Um, I like it, but like for me, I, I liked uh, You Really Got Me like a little bit better. I still-, I still like this one. So Pretty Woman was the first single, of course, released in February before the album was even out. And, uh, oh, yeah, you you bet this was all over the radios back then. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it captured that. You know, and, you know Nate, Nate's hammer, you know, hammering on about the covers. And we, we might have said it before, but this was an era where covers were a little bit more relevant into uh, popular music. It was not unheard of, you know, because you heard um, just some years before this. Creedence Clearwater Revival did hurt it, to the, hurt it to the grapevine, you know, and it became a massive yeah. hit for them. That was yeah. already a massive hit, but it was just, here's Creedence. Oh, I love Creedence. Oh, them playing hurt it to the grapevine. That's awesome. You know? So here's, here is Van Halen playing pretty woman, which is almost 15, 20 years old now. Yeah. In a more modern style. People, people dug that. Mm-hmm. But the next single is the next song dancing in the street. That was also a cover written by Marvin Gaye, Ivy Hunter, and William Stevenson. Uh, mm-hmm. Dancing in the Street. I actually have some sound bites from this one. Dave says, "Sounds it sounds like more than four people are playing when actuality it's almost like it, there are almost zero overdubs. That's why it takes such a that's why it takes such a short amount of time to record." Eddie says, "It almost takes as much time to cover a song." Uh, make a make to make a cover song sound original as it does to writing a brand new song. I spent a lot of time arranging and playing synthesizer on dancing and dancing in the streets, and the critics wrote it off as oh it's just oh it's just like the original. So forget the critics. Uh, these are good songs. Why shouldn't we redo them for the for the new generation of people? So that's him actually defending why he why he's why they're, why they're selecting to do covers, saying that you know that that harkens back to their to their start as a as like a party band. You know, to do some covers and always kind of put their own original flair on it. But also, now that they're on the main stage and they're headliners, you're sprinkling in these covers to bring them, bring old stuff that you liked forward. And uh, let me just say that this is not my favorite Van Halen cover, and I do like the song actually. But the version I always think of, <laughs> it's not the Van Halen. I I actually did not know. That that Van Halen did this on like I, I it wasn't until I actually heard it I'm like okay I remember hearing this version, the yeah. one that I always remember is the one with David Bowie and Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. <laughs> very mm-hmm. awkwardly just the two of them dancing in the yeah. middle of nowhere and then like getting in, getting in each other's faces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It yeah. is so bad, and that's the version that I remember of the song. I don't know why it just is. I don't hate this. It's a kind of a step down from Pretty Woman. I think the synthesizer, uh, to major me, step down from Pretty Woman. To me, the synthesizer <laughs> sounds kind of neat enough to add its own flair to it. Uh, but Joe, we'll start with you. What do you think about it? Uh, dude, I I had a major drop from uh, Pretty Woman to this. I I didn't dig it at all. And I, I do like the song normally, but it's just like, man, it I 
I feel like they really missed the mark on this one. Okay. Nate. Too much, try to, too much Van Halen into the song, I feel like. Brando, you said, I don't hate this, right? Yeah, I don't hate it. My literal only notes for Dancing in the Streets say, and I quote, I don't love this. (laughs) (laughs) So that is all I have to say about that song. I think that the opinions of why it was done, why it shouldn't have been done, did it miss the mark, whatever, have been stated. Just to flat out say it, I don't like it at all. It's a five. Five. What about you, Joe? Boy, uh, he was more uh, generous than I was. I got a three, man. A three. Both of you are more generous than me, or less generous than me. I gave it a seven. Three, five, seven, counting up by odds. And we are. Uh, the next one is an original, an original intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this is called Little Guitars Intro. Intro. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it one fucking song. Less is more. Oh, my God. Fuck. Pillars. <laughs> Gotta meet that quota. <laughs> the, t- the album did not need 12 <laughs> tracks. It could have been good with nine. Um, yeah. As I said, it's hard for me to rate um, intros. So, and, and, and I kind of feel like I rated this one because of what, I mean, it's, it's an intro, but it's not really a song. I don't have anything to say about it because I'm going to wait for my uh, points to come across for the actual little guitar song. I just gave this a six. And we'll go to we'll, we'll we'll go to Nate. What'd you think? I loved this. I think the flamenco style guitar is incredible. Mm-hmm. I gave it a seven. I thought that was really neat, but uh, I, but it was hard for me to rake it any higher because it's so short and it doesn't really go anywhere because it's the intro to the damn next song. Anyway, what'd you think, Joe? Uh, I just I put the difference between you guys. I got six point five. Oh. Nothing too much to it. I did like it, but like yeah, it's just another intro. So that leads us into Little Guitars, which is an original track. And here's what Dave and Eddie have to say about it. Dave says, Edward was saying he's seen this TV show with a flamenco guy doing all these wonderful things with his fingers. And he says, I figured out how to do that with one pick. Watch this. And he did it. And it sounded better than the original. It sounded um, it sounded Mexican to me. So, uh, so, I, so I wrote a song for Senoritas. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar he used on the recording was a miniature Les Paul built by Nashville uh, luthier uh, David Petchelat. Good luck with that one, guys. Um, yeah. And sold to Eddie on the earlier Fair Warning tour. Eddie says, "I think the best thing I I think the best thing I do is cheat." <laughs> 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 I came up with the intro after I bought a couple of Carlos Montoya records and I was hearing this finger picking going, my God, this guy's great. I can't do that. So I just listened to the style of music for a couple days and I just cheated using a pick. I'm doing I'm doing these trills on the high E and pull-offs with my left hand, slapping my little finger on the low E. There's something that I, if there's something I, I want to do and can't, I won't give up until I figure out some way to make it sound similar to what I can really do. So very interesting. It's amazing. And that's why yeah. he became one of the most greatest guitar players of all time. Yeah. Be- no boundaries because he reinvented boundaries. He, he he really decided that I can't do this, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna find a way to do it that fits my style. Yeah. And that's 
you don't, uh, he didn't just sit there for so long trying to get it right, trying to get it right, and then give up. He's like, no, I'm going to do this, damn it. So Little Guitars to me, fellas, I actually really like this song. And I don't know about you guys, does this song give you police vibes? Not what I wrote. <laughs> not that, I, I mean, I agree with you. It has some police vibes, but like, that's not what I wrote. Like, it's not like another dr- band comes to mind. Oh, okay. But to me, I was just, uh, it wasn't like the second listen to, like, of the album that I was listening to. And I'm like, man, this kind of sounds like police a little bit. And then, especially with the da 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 I'm like, I don't want to like that. Yeah, <laughs> but then I do, and 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 I can't really I can't really pinpoint why, other than I'm like that sounds like very police to me. It's just fucking catchy. It's some catchy shit, bro. So mm-hmm. that's what I got for little guitars. I think it's a pretty neat little song. What about you, Joe? Uh, I don't have much on it. Uh, it just it, it's another one of those that threw me off from the intro to the song. Mm-hmm. Here we have the intro is all acoustic. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Then you, you're thinking. You know, when you go into the next song, it's going to be similar, and it's really not. It's it's nothing like the intro at all. Um, and, but I, you know, I, my thing was I was trying not to like have the intro have my judgment influenced by the intro because it's so much different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Uh, it's just another one of those average songs for me. Okay. How about you, Nate? Okay, so out of the gate, you already kind of took away my biggest uh, note because I really dig the chorus. But more than the chorus itself, I love the ambient guitar that happens right after. There's some like squealing and noises that are happening that are going on that are kind of just like creating this this vibe. I fucking love it. Um, The verse is signature Van Halen. That is them. That is they have maybe for the first time officially harnessed and said, this is what we sound like. Yeah. And we want to sound like that right here. This is where we need to use our sound. Okay. (laughs) ACDC, but good. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I gave the song an 8.25. Wow. 8.25. Okay. How about you, Joe? Uh, I got uh, 5.5. 5.5. I gave it a 7.5. I, the more This is a track that the more that I heard it, well, on my first listen through, it didn't get a 7.5 out of me. It probably got somewhere in the 6. The more that I listen to it, though, the more that I like the last few songs on this record, more than I like <laughs> the rest of the songs on the record, pretty much. Like, but, like the early part of this record... Uh, don't do it for me in comparison. In fact, if you look at my ranks, almost, you know, six, six, five, six point seven five, seven. Oh, there's a five, seven point seven five, seven. It's almost like we're kind of doing this kind of thing. It starts off low and it, it just kind of builds into a better album as it goes on. The next track is another cover. Big Bad Bill is Sweet William Now. And it is written it was written by Milton Milton Agar or Agar. And Jack Yellen. And from what they've got to say about it, uh, Dave says, I think it's a great song. Why why do I keep doing that? (laughs) I think it's a great song. (laughs) Why not? I think it's it's a great song. There's this 
this thread this thread winding its way through all of Van Halen's music and all of her albums since the beginning with Ice Cream Man. I played acoustic guitar and songs like this for quite a while before ever I before I ever even joined Van Halen. It's music. Why do I have to bang my head every single song on every album? It's I I I don't think they I don't think the audience has that much lack of creativity or imagination. So there's Dave saying, you know what? I like doing my stuff, but I like this stuff. I like being just bluesy in. He's an artist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eddie says it was Dave's idea to idea to do Big Bad Bill. He he bought himself one of those Sanyo Walkman type things with the uh, with the AM/FM radio, and you can record off the radio if you like something that you hear. And and he was up in his bedroom at his father's house, and he found out that if he stood in a certain point, certain spot, and he pointed the antenna a certain way, he picked up weird radio station from Louisville, Kentucky. And he recorded Big Bad Bill and played it to us. And we started laughing to ourselves, silly, going, that is bad, let's do it. <laughs> Dave said, hey, we can get your old man to play the clarinet. And we said, sure. <laughs> so, um, and he's like, he continues, it's so funny because I couldn't play the song for you right now. I had to, uh, I had to read because there's so many chords. I just couldn't remember it. So, there, so here's my father to the left of me, sitting in a chair with a music stand in front of him, and I'm sitting next to him with sheet music in the stand. And Mike was there too, and he has an acoustic uh, guitar bass, and uh, the kind they have in a Mexican restaurant. So they come up and play in front of you and aggravate you. And we had a great time. It looked like it was like like an old 30s or 40s session. And I used some thick Gibson hollow body with F and holes. My father hadn't played in, in, in a long time because he'd lost uh, his left-hand middle finger about 10 years ago, and he was nervous, and we told him, Jam, Jan, uh, just have a good time and make mistakes. That's what makes it real. I love what he did, but I was thinking back 10 years ago when he was uh, smoking, playing jazz, and we, and he played exactly what he wanted. And Dave adds in, I think when you hear Mr. Van Halen playing... You have an idea. It's a shadow of where Eddie and uh, Eddie and Alex are now. It, there's a sense of humor in there, uh, a lot of technique and a whole lot of beer. Um, so yeah, neat little thing where Jan Van Halen played clarinet on Big Bad Bill. And this, you know what? This one, like what? I, it's funny because as soon as I heard it, I thought of Ice Cream Man when I heard this. And uh, it's got a similar vibe to it. And it's, I truly believe this is probably another underdog favorite amongst us for something that they did. Because it's so out of the ordinary and it fits Dave's vocal style. <laughs> so, or, or, or maybe he fits it because he really likes it and he digs that kind of style. But Joe, I remember you telling me that this was low-key your favorite song on the album so far. What do you got to say about it? Yeah, uh, yeah. God help me. I I actually love this song. It it really like it's it's letting Dave. We talk about the whole Bill type Dave mm-hmm. shit. And this is letting Dave be Dave. You know what I mean? Uh, he like in a sense we've talked about. We we don't really feel like he fit Van Halen because he's so freaking vaudeville-ish. But yeah, I I think this was yeah perfect for him. And I I kind of like I kind of like this kind of music anyway. And it threw me off. When we get when I got to this, I'm like, "Ooh, wait, what's this?" You know, but no, I really, really like this song. Um, I probably listen to this song more than any of the others on the album. Um, it's just, yeah, it's different. 
it is definitely not Van Halen, but I liked it. Hell yeah. What about you, Nate? Um, I put intro. I'm absolutely remembering when I'm sitting here and I was listening to that. And I was <laughs> laughing my ass off just at the intro going, what the fuck am I about to get into here? Like, what yeah. is this? Just based on the title of the song, too. I was like, what is this? Uh, but yeah, I love the song. Flute solo is incredible, but it's actually a clarinet, as you're just telling me. So that was something that I miswrote. But I thought it was a fucking flute. It sounded kind of like a flute. It's cool as shit. <laughs> I really love the tune. As I told you guys off air, you know, uh, my sister's fiance, guy, husband, my nephew's dad, however you want to look at it, um, <clears throat> is named William. And he's this large, he's a tattoo artist, so he's a large tattooed dude. And he's kind of intimidating a little bit, you know? And so I get to this song and I'm listening to it and I immediately send it to her because, you know, he's this heavily tattooed, tattooing looking dude. But then in his real life, he's a soft-spoken, gentle dad who's super patient with my nephew and like ultra, he's, he's sweet William now because he's home, you know? And my <laughs> sister and I had this amazing laugh just about like, that's exactly his story. Like he went from big bad Will to old sweet William. Just, you know, just like that. So I love the tune. And as of now, because I can officially spoil it, this is hands down the best cover they have ever done. I gave it a nine. Damn. All right, Joe. I, I'm i actually on, uh, on with Nate. I, uh, the first time I heard this, I was like, I was instantly obsessed with this song. Um, I actually have, I have a cousin. She's she's really into this kind of stuff. Uh, she's into a band. I don't know if you ever heard of Caravan Palace. It sound familiar? They, they do kind of like a modern style, kind of like this shit. And I sent that to her. And she likes Van Halen, but she goes, holy shit. How have I never heard this song ever, you know? And now she's obsessed with it. But I, I agree. I think this is their best cover. Um, I also gave it a nine. Wow. Well, I gave it an eight, fellas. Hey, so that's a great score. Still good. Yeah, no, it, it is the highest uh, ranking one so far on the album. We have a couple more. The, the next song, it is a, an, an like it is an original song. The the full bug. <clears throat> we got a couple notes here. Dave says when you, you know when you have a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. Cockroaches won't go away. <laughs> you know when you have a cockroach and they run around the house and they get into a corner. We used to have these shoes called, uh, you know, PRFCs, Puerto Rican fence climbers. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dave. Oh man. <laughs> and this was aptly titled because you were running from the police or what have you. And you and your you were wearing your P- PRFCs, so you could hit the fence at a dead run, and your foot would stay in, and you could commence climbing immediately, which was the essence of the whole sport, anyway. <laughs> wow. where, where are we going, Dave? Why did he call it a sport? What is happening, Dave? Where are we going with this? I'm going to put 25 bucks on Juan. He's making it over that fence faster than that cop. Because he got his PFC. He got his PRFCs. I imagine Dave drank before he talks. Oh. 
And these were also great shoes for when the cockroach moves into the corner and you can't get at it with your foot or the broom anymore. So you just jam your toe into the corner as hard as you can. Good lord. And if you and if you did it right, you got the whole you got the full bug. So this slang means bam. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to give it everything you got. Make the maximum effort. Do everything possible. Get the full bug. That is a long ass story. To yeah. Get... <laughs> PRFCs, bro. <laughs> uh, Eddie says Dave plays the acoustic guitar and harmonica on the intro of the, of the full bug. My lines in the middle uh, of that are different. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Alan Holdsworth, and, and he inspires me. That's all he said about it. So, <sighs> the full bug. I actually kind of like this song. Uh, I might like it a little bit more now that I know the full story behind it. Uh, <laughs> and um, what I really liked was the whole uh, middle part. or It's like, yeah, because you have like a like guitar solo, but then you have like a little harmonica solo too. Um that I thought was really neat. Um, it's got a similar kind of like a bluesy vibe, but it's heavy. You know, it, it, it kind of carries along. And I feel like it hasn't been for a while, but song flow counts to, mm-hmm. into making a, a, making a good song. Sometimes you can be too eclectic because I've never really uh, labeled Van Halen as progressive. But sometimes in some of these other songs uh, that are in their in their catalog that we've, that we've covered, it seems like they kind of hop all over the place sometimes. That's not the case here, and I really dig it. How about you? Uh, we'll start with Nate. I love the blues, the train, a coming blues intro. Mm-hmm. Made me think of Death Clock and Metalocalypse a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think that it has a slamming verse, which is very accurate and fitting to that story that you slam that <laughs> shoe in. I wrote slamming verse, so it, it it the the intent is felt. I felt that slam from from this album. The song has levels and layers, which is really good, and again, mm-hmm. unique to their style, which is good. Seven point two five is my uh, my rank. Awesome. What'd you guys say, Joe? Uh, I don't. I I've right along everything with you guys are saying. I, I think it's an all around good song. Um, I I didn't have really many notes on it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, this is actually kind of one of those I kind I kind of had to go back and listen to several times. I did change my ranking a couple different times, but uh, I kept going back to it. And I, I I liked it. I got this one a, a seven point five. We're kind of in the same boat here, guys. I gave it a seven point seven five. Wow, okay. all within that two point two fives. Yeah, like yeah. I, I really feel like the song really grooves along, and uh, as I said, that you know that definitely counts. Uh, the last song, the outro of the album. <laughs> it is a cover of sorts, and it is "Happy Trails," written by Dale Evans, and it is the old "Happy Trails." To you, and it, but but it's completely acapella. Dum, da, dum, da, dum, da. <laughs> I and, love it. Ah. And here's what Dave has to say. Oh God, joke them if they can't take a fuck. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Holy crap, Dave! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't take a. 
fuck? Wow. <laughs> How is that not a t-shirt? How is that not a t-shirt? Oh, that's good. Joke them if they can't take a, take a fuck, Sylvie. You wouldn't believe the number of TV commercials and radio jingles that this band can sing in a four-part harmony. I was nannied and weaned by TV. That's the babysitter around here when you're growing up. So to sit in front of the to, to sit in front of the tube, you turn into a idiot. I remember all the commercials. We've been singing "Happy Trails" for General Airport use for years. And we wanted to do something wonderful and different for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has given us a couple of his story of the full bug and his PRFCs and joke them if they can't take a fuck. Take a fuck. Which, hey, that fits perfectly for less is better, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. Joke them if you can't take not, a fuck because less is wrong. better, you fuck. <laughs> Again, th- 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 this was hard to rank. I just, I gave it a six. That That's where it lies for me. Uh, I feel like Joe gave it worse. What'd you give it, Joe? I, I'm at it like 2.5, man. I, I thought it was dumb. Like a wasted track. I thought it, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> right. All right, Nate. I'm a fan of them, again, taking a risk. I love the fact that they joked Joe and he's didn't even realize it. Joe, they joked you. They said, joke them if they can't take a fuck. You didn't yeah, get did. to take a fuck. And you gave it a low <laughs> rating. I didn't take this song too seriously, but I also fucking took it super seriously. And I said this earlier in Van Halen, they're very serious about their silliness. They take their silliness very seriously. And True. that's that's a beautiful thing. I gave this tune an eight. I do, in fact, <laughs> dig it. I, 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 <laughs> God damn, they got me. I marked out. <laughs> Were you ready for that? Were, were, were you in the car listening to this and you're just cruising along and, and then they start doing the bum ba da bum ba da <laughs> Happy trip. Oh, that shit <laughs> killed me. All right, guys. Oh. Well, that's the end of the album. Happy trails to it. And uh, so my average rank was a 6.77. Nate's was a 7.27. And Joe's was a 5.7. Okay. Yeah, so Joe was de- Joe, I, I believe this is your No, it is not your lowest ranking one. It, it, it is your second. Van Halen 2 was your lowest. That gives okay. us an average master rank of 6.58. That is a bit of a step down from fair warning, which I think we can all kind of agree on that just based on overall album strength. I I, I feel like man, uh if they weren't forced into this or, or or chose to do a full album here, uh, maybe it could have been better if they did it later. However, asterisk here, the fact that they put this out when they did and then, then went on the road again and then took a long break is the reason why we got the album after this. Okay. That's true. Uh, highest ranking song on the album is Big Bad Bill. Yeah. At an 8.66. And the lowest is Intruder <laughs> at a 4.75. Guys. Right. So. Uh, thank you guys for joining me here in ranking Van Halen Diver Down. Um, definitely. The last. Uh, this one was an interesting one for sure. It, it almost kind of had... Man, it had vibes of some of the other albums that we've done. 
you know, you know, harkening back to Ice Cream Man with Big Bad Bill. Hey, we had we we had we had a couple cool covers on here, uh, and 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 maybe one or so, maybe maybe two really solid Van Halen songs that maybe aren't monster hits. But you know, all in all, I don't think it's a bad album. You know, but it it definitely isn't one as an album that I'm probably going to be coming back to. <laughs> Not often. Yeah. So. Man, that's all I got to say. Nate, do you want to help us out and tell people where they can find us all across the interwebs? Of course. You guys know you can check out Rank Them All and all those amazing podcasting platforms. Get us on Podbean, Amazon Music, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, many others. Alexa, let's hear some Rank Them All podcasts. I think you can do that now. I haven't tried it officially, but I'm pretty sure you can. I think you need to say Alexa, play rank them all podcasts or podcasts by rank them all i'm not sure figure it out for your damn selves also go to rank them all dot rocks to check us out go to our youtube like subscribe comment below also do those same things on facebook like and follow the page check us out on instagram get us on uh twitter you guys know where to find us because it's easy to search rank them all baby that's gonna do it i think brandon do we have anything else we want to throw out there before we uh Hit that happy trail. Well, I want to once again thanks Joe Grimes for joining us here on the episode and ranking us, uh, ranking these songs here with us, and the fact that he is not frozen now. He's just sitting still. He's not frozen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it would have been funny as fuck I, if he would have legit I couldn't. Froze, I though. thought about sitting there for a minute. I'm like, I could pull this off for a while. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you once again for joining us, Joe. And of course. Uh, until you know, on the next time, we're going to be covering probably one of the biggest albums in this band's catalog. I'm super excited to talk about it. Of course, it's 1984. This is Dave Swan's song with the band, at least for now. And until then, for Nate and for Joe, I've been Brando. Happy trails to you. We'll see you in 1984.